In the gospel today, we hear uh, the end of Jesus's sermon on the plain in Luke's gospel. And I'll be honest, like as I'm as I was reading and praying with the scriptures, um, it was kind of challenging. It was a little bit of a challenge because as he's pray, as he's proclaiming this to the people, what he's really doing is he's telling them check the authorities of your faith. Like with the the ongoing theme of who are you to tell somebody to get rid of the speck in their eye when you have a wooden beam in your own? Now I imagine like a telephone pole sticking out of somebody's face. Um, But when he's saying this, he's kind of telling the people, not only watch what you say, but also check those who are in like the authority of the faith. So when I hear that, I'm like, man, he's kind of talking to the priest. It's kind of rough. <laughs> but I remember, uh, but as I'm thinking about it, like as I was praying, there was this one time that I remember uh, being a kid. I mean, I've talked about it before. I loved to play baseball when I was growing up. And I remember like day in and day out, my dad and I would go all the time to the batting cages in, in Homa. And it would be like working on my swing. And I remember he would tell me, do this with your hands, and I'd do it. Do, d- fix your feet, and I'd do it. But I remember over and over, like I'd, I wouldn't trust it completely. There was something about it, like there was something about the directions he was giving me that I wouldn't completely trust because it's coming from my dad. And honestly, I don't listen to my dad all the time, so why would I listen to him in baseball? But if I look, but, but there was one day that I remember my, a coach came with us and he had played like some, some college ball. He had a little bit more experience playing longer. He had a little, of a little bit of a career. And I remember when he was telling me, move your hands, I did it. And move your feet, and I did it. And all of a sudden, little, little shoo-shoo base hits were turning into rockets. And I was like, man, this is working. And I looked at my dad, and I'm like, Dad, check it out. I'm hitting the ball harder. I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking better as a baseball player. And he looks at me and says, I've been telling you to do that for four years. But there was something about the coach telling me, and not my dad, that made me, like, believe, that made me follow what he was going to say, because quite honestly, the coach had a little bit more authority on the situation. Today, when we read in this, when we hear in today's gospel, all these notes about how it is that we're called to live as followers of Christ, Jesus is saying, make sure your teachers have authority in the situation. Now, this lately in the church, lately in the Catholic Church, if you listen to like podcasts or you read stuff online, there's been a lot of different spaces where the word disciple has become very, very uh, popular. And whenever we hear that word, sometimes we're like, well, I don't know quite what that means. Basically, living as a disciple is basically just living as someone who's going to follow Jesus. That, that day in and day out, that not just on Sunday for an hour, but every day we wake up and what do we want to do? We want to follow Jesus more. But one of the things that if we think about the relationship of a disciple in the Old Testament was that a disciple would follow their teacher, right? They would follow their teacher for a period of time. 
And then at the end of the process, their teacher, they looked and acted and sounded a lot like their teacher. Right? They turned into their teacher in a way. So the question becomes for us is if we're going to live as a disciple of the Lord, if we're going to follow the things that he's saying in today's gospel, then how are we looking like our teacher more? How are we turning into our teacher? Because when we talk about the language of being a disciple of Jesus, we're not just talking about learning about some like cool self-help knowledge, a bunch of thou shalt nots. What we're talking about is changing our life in a drastic way that we start to look and act and sound like Jesus Christ today. If we, look at our, if we look at the early church, we look at Jesus' first disciples, like Peter. Now Peter, me and Peter, we get along, right? I've said it before. Um, we both get that foot and mouth disease, right? From time to time, we have a tendency to say too much and put our foot right in our mouth. <laughs> and, Jesus, and Peter does it throughout the scriptures. But Peter also was one of the best disciples of Jesus, because by the, end of Jesus, by the end of his time of following Jesus, by the time Jesus dies and is resurrected, Peter looks a lot like him. He acts a lot like him. He preaches to the point that 5,000 people convert and want to know Jesus more. He, he is the one who raises a dead person in the Acts of the Apostles. Peter is a disciple in the truest sense of the word, because he does, he's not okay with just following Christ. He wants to become Christ. So when we think of the word discipleship, when we think of for us in our life today, if we're going to live as a disciple of the Lord, it's not just so we can look like or sound like Christ. It's so that we can become Christ in the world today. And I'll be honest, like that is the way that we spread the gospel today. That is the way for the world today that we have to live if we're going to spread the gospel. Paul VI once said, he said, modern man listens no longer to teachers. Modern man does not listen to teachers. Modern man listens to witnesses. If they listen to teachers, it's because they were first the witness. Our young, our, like the young people in the world today, like working with youth this last year, I've come to realize that our younger generation, today's generation, today's culture can smell inauthenticity from a mile away. If we say something and we don't live it, if we proclaim something but don't believe it, then we will be written off as Catholics. We will be left behind in our world. God's calling us to be disciples, to be witnesses to the world. And we can only be a witness if we're first living at home. So what holds us back from being that witness, being that disciple, following Jesus and sharing him with the rest of the world? What holds us back 
from giving ourselves completely over to the Lord. It's a three-letter word. S-I-N. Our sin holds us back. Our, our, our sin, as big or as small as we may believe it is, holds us back. The plank in our eye, the telephone pole sticking out of our face, that's what holds us back from being as strong a witness as we're called to be. Our sin. As I told the kids earlier when they came up, Lent is around the corner. Lent is meant to be a time of purifying, a time of penance, a time of focusing on the Lord and nothing else. But you see, what happens is when we try to focus immediately and only on God, all those little things that we have an attachment to, all those sinful inclinations that we have in our life start pulling at us. They're going to try and call our attention away from Jesus. So what's going to happen is, is if, like we're going to, if, if we enter into Lent in the right disposition, in a perfect disposition, ready to go, ready to focus only on Jesus, on Ash Wednesday, we're going to come, we're going to get our ashes, and it's going to be smudged, and it's going to be okay. We're probably going to look at other people and be like, man, you must really be a sinner. You got the big cross, right? Like, we'll joke around a little bit and all, and we're going to get through Ash Wednesday and just be like, yes, I'm fasting, I'm doing all the stuff I'm supposed to do. And then then on Thursday morning, we're going to wake up and someone's going to cut us off in traffic. And we're going to cuss at them. (laughs) And that focus on Jesus, our focus on the Lord, our attention is going to get pulled a little bit. Or we're going to go to the office and we're going to be sitting and talking to somebody because we just got back after, after Mardi Gras and somebody's going to have the new juicy piece of gossip about the girl in the office that nobody really likes, you know what I'm saying? Because everybody's thinking of somebody right now. Like, there's going to be a juicy piece of gossip and there's going to be a moment for us to decide, do I partake or do I focus on the Lord? See, this is where the battle is fought for Lent. Like, Lent is supposed to be a time of redirecting 100% of our focus on Jesus Christ. Amen? Lent is a time for us to let go of all those things that hold, us, that, that hold on to our attention, hold on to our time, and, and hold on to our, our love that's not of the Lord. Fasting, prayer, almsgiving, like angling everything that we are to Jesus is what we're called to do during Lent. And the hard part is, is that to be a disciple, all of those little attachments, to be the most effective disciple that we're going to be, all of those little attachments need to go away. And it might be a little harmless sin that nobody really knows about. It might be one that's just kind of in quiet and secret. It might, be the silent, it might be the quiet little judgment in the back of my mind about so-and-so, and she shouldn't have worn that. Or really, him? It might be a little bit of pride that's in our heart that puts us above other people. 
Like, we're all called to be a disciple. We're all called to focus on Jesus before all else. And that's what the point of, of, of our Lenten penances is, is for us to let go of all those other little things that fight for our attention, that fight for our love, that fight for our time, and to focus solely on Jesus. Lent can be a struggle. Lent can be hard. But when it is, we come out on the other side looking a little bit more like Jesus. We come out on the other side reflecting Jesus' love to the rest of the world a little bit clearer. One way to think about it, I remember whenever I was a kid, um, we have like some kind of like 12 panes of glass in our windows or some crazy thing. And I remember during like this time of spring cleaning, my mom would pull some of these panes of glass out and she would clean them. And I remember when she would pull them out, I'd be like, they're not that dirty. Like if you look really close, like they're not that dirty. And then you hold them up to the sun and it was like, oh my goodness. There was smudges and dirt and dust and all kind of craziness that really, it was really clouding my vision, but I couldn't tell. Lent is a a time for us to clean off all those little smudges, those little imperfections. That way when people look at us, they see a clear picture of Jesus. They see a clear picture of someone who's radically in love with Jesus, attached to nothing else, and focus solely on him. You know, Lent, if we live it right, it makes us a better disciple, it makes us look more like Christ, but it also makes us a better husband. It makes us a better wife, it makes us a better son or daughter, it makes us a better individual because we come to live as Christ is calling us. It makes me a better priest. It makes deacon a better deacon. It makes us all better people in the way that God has called us in our life. May this Lent, may this time of of purgation, this time of penance, this time of focusing on the Lord be a time that's fruitful. Be a time that we give ourselves completely to God and let go of anything else. The Lord's calling all of us to be his witnesses, to be his disciples in the world, to bear good, good fruit for the world around us, to take the plank out of our eye so that we can see him more clearly. You know, when we come to the sacraments, when we come to the Lord, he invites us in so that he can change us into himself. Today, when we come to the communion, we're coming to receive Jesus who desires nothing more than to change us into himself. We approach a season that's all about that, but we also approach a sacrament here that is all about the Lord revealing himself to the world around us through us. So today, as we come to receive communion, as we enter into Lent later on this week, May we let God in. May we focus explicitly and only on him so that everything else goes away. All those little attachments, all those little sins in our life, they fall away. They don't become what defines us. And we become authorities 
and proclaiming the gospel. Authorities that people want to listen to, that people see and they recognize something different. Because they're going to recognize the Holy Spirit, the Lord himself in our, in our lives, in our hearts. May we come today to the sacrament, may we come to the season of Lent to be changed, to live the life of a disciple who desires nothing more than to, than to proclaim Jesus to the world around us.